Hi guys, the following episode of Chisky Pop contains mature language and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi. Tum, tum, tum. Ah, my, my, my. And this is Sweetie. And you're listening to Chisky Pop, your bi-weekly dose of all things sexy, desi, funny, and filmy. episode 84. This week we discuss the 2020 Oscars, where Korean film Parasite swept up all the major awards. We then move on to discussing New York Fashion Week and finally wrap up the episode with our usual filmy chakka roundup of the latest Bollywood films out now. Everybody, welcome to episode 84 of Chisky Pop. And Papu, hello, my darling. Happy belated Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day. AKA Happy Consumer Driven and Trivial Interpretation <laughs> of Love Day. Oh, you have no idea about consumer driven. Um, so I was in <laughs> India, which is something we are going to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. Papu yes, just got and, back. And <laughs> I'm back, yeah. And uh, come uh, February 7th, Everything was like, I happened to be uh, at uh, Infinity Mall and Delhi or just like, outside. Everywhere there are like, you know, like roses and flowers and I mean, I mean, balloons and everything. So basically the whole thing starts a week in advance in Bombay because you have chocolate day, you have hug day, you have... Right, uh, it's a big um, deal. Yeah, uh, greeting it's a whole card week. day. Yeah, it's a whole more than that. And you That's see intense. all these college students, you know, spending their pocket money buying Cadbury chocolates and all of those things for, you know, their boyfriend or girlfriend or just their friend in general. And a Are lot there of lots these... of like, you know, <laughs> proposals of like, will you please be my girlfriend? And like I, if I was grand in, gestures, if I was in any of uh, in a campus or something or even uh, where um, all those Xavier's, Casey, all of the old haunts, I'm sure they would be like, just like kids being kids or whatever, just having those gestures and crazy things uh but a lot of kids were like dressed in saris uh, because uh, colleges oh. have sari day and things like that just to kind during of the valentine's week sari day um, and stuff too yeah like they would just to coincide aside and i guess you know when girls uh, they wear a sari they feel like all grown up and uh 
Extra guys, sexy. Yeah, they're sexy too. And guys would be like, whoa, you know, she looks so pretty. <laughs> um, is it, did you notice any people also worshipping their parents on that day in India? Because in, in mm. as you know, it is also parents worship day over there, Papu. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm standing and staring at you with my hands <laughs> on my hips. Oh, yes. Did you worship your parents on parents worship day, Papu? I did get them cake and flowers because uh, guess what uh, today is their 40th anniversary wedding anniversary uh, holy smokes yeah wow congratulations auntie and uncle congratulations no. for making it through to 40 years and not killing each other <laughs> i think that's something i want to say I to know. all married couples that have made it that far <laughs> and th- that is something <laughs> you said right marriage is hard it's really hard Holy smokes. I mean, I, I absolutely love my husband and we've had a wonderful Valentine's Day. Uh, but, you know, it's it's work. Mm. So your parents made it to 40 years. Holy smokes. What is that? Is that a ruby? Is that a ruby uh, wedding? I don't know. Ruby Jubilee gift. Like what do you like? First year is paper and all that stuff, right? Like, I don't know what the, <laughs> the whole schmuck is. I don't is. really know. Yeah. What do you? I think it's for, I think it's a ruby. They, my Literally the photograph is my dad in a shirt and lunky and my mom in her gharka sarwal kameez. Uh, they're laughing and they're happy that, uh, you know, I got something and. So um, sweet. Like I love flowers. So I really make an effort. I did not want to just order flowers online because I want to choose which flowers to put. And um, my dad loves yellow, so there were lots of yellow Aww. roses and yellow flowers. And Rajni Ganda, which is like a beautiful smelling flower. I don't know what it's called in English. Mm, I don't know either, actually. Good question. <laughs> so, yes, and I got some amazing chocolate oh. mousse cake, which oh. they both loved. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was like a small little thing. And uh, that's my parent worship day <laughs> um, give us some more juice on what you did in mumbai papu we've been gone for two weeks guys like a really long time we've been gone for a long time and it's all papu's fault well i was traveling every day because we had to uh, get a few things done so lots of traveling on the train uh, the weather was amazing so i'm really and you know what i realized i'm turning into my mom because every time i walked down my I, the first day I was like, okay, mom, I'm going to get some uh, milk and eggs or whatever. I go down with like 200 rupees in my bag. And uh, on just outside our, you know, colony gate, uh, there's this guy sitting uh, in the corner and he has beautiful red strawberries. And uh, (laughs) they are so good with like, he's like, ma'am. Uh, ma'am, didi boni kara do na. Like, and I'm like, but I don't have enough He's like, okay, first uh, it's like 200 rupees. And I'm like, I don't have enough money. He's like, I have so many lilo. Adakiji lilo. So I, I, when I come back home, I have no money. I have the milk and eggs. And I have a box of strawberries that my mom is like, what is this? I was like, I don't know. I just got them. They look so pretty. God, that guy was a hustler. <laughs> You took all your money. I wonder if the strawberries were from Mahabaleshwar. Oh, yeah. He had a box of amazing figs, you know. Like, you don't see that kind of stuff. No, you don't. Especially in bloody Canada. Like, well, you do. You see some stuff, but nothing amazing. Like the guavas or, you know, the figs or any of those. The vegetables look amazing. Yeah, they're just... 
in this season you feel like cooking every day because uh, just the amazing produce that you get on the side of the road like i don't shop in shops anyways because you get amazing stuff just by the ho- side the hawkers so what else did you do in mumbai darling you hung out with your mom what else did i do apart from buying vegetables yes i went for a play you went for a play right that you said that with your mom i went to the ncpa uh, we it's an amazing place it's on marine drive so it's uh, nice to just sit by there look at all those expensive buildings and apartments where famous people live mm-hmm. um Did you see any stars any bollywood stars no actually you know what uh, um i follow uh, rahul khanna and he always puts views oh, of oh. Uh, the view from his apartment and uh, i think he lives in valkeshwar because his view is diagonally opposite marine drive so i the famous people kind of live on the other side of the sea that is valkeshwar i was in marine drive uh, nariman point which is um, okay on the other side but it's nice to just like sit there and i don't know when you look at ocean you you could be anywhere i felt for a while i was i could be anywhere in the world and it just feels like home you know of course oh so how was the play yeah. though when you took your mom there oh yes uh, the play was okay it was a gujarati play it was called safarjan which means apple and i took okay. my mom there because i thought in a way it would kind of you know open her eyes to another point of view but it's a gujarati play and gujarat is modi land so well it, it was uh, obviously that ideology uh, employed but anyway so it was a bit of a disappointment um, but it happened to be kala ghoda art festival uh, around the same time so before the play we went to uh, the most famous place in bombay is uh, uh, the area around chatrapati shivaji station that is uh, where uh, you know kolaba is that is where fort area is you will find beautiful neo gothic buildings uh, um, and uh, art deco buildings as you go further off you will um uh, kalagoda is uh, next to the jangir art gallery oh i've been uh, there that's where all the old poets so used to hang out and like yeah, be super they cool they have a coffee shop there which is very famous they used to have a record shop called rhythm house which i think is closed down now but those days are gone yeah but uh, it's a very famous place uh, where sometimes they have outdoor exhibitions of uh, you know new artists indian artists so they uh, around the city they had uh, in that area locality they had places where they uh, set up little stalls for um you know artisans and artists to set up uh, sell their stuff so you had um uh, people selling watercolors for like 2000 rupees and uh, you know i uh, and you had uh, did you buy some papu i know you always get yourself into buying like original art i did yeah, okay. <laughs> i did end up so i <laughs> i found this uh, uh, jaipur artist who was selling um, uh, uh, his art he had painted beautiful um uh, stuff in the style of miniature artists you know with the 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 Ooh. the religious scenes that miniature artists have like radha krishna in the middle of a meadow and right, stuff right. like that kind of like side profile or very yes, flat flatish yes, kind of 2d yeah i know what yes. you mean yes uh, and uh, 
the specialty was that he had done beautiful animal portraits and uh, botanical art on uh, pictures of birds. Wow. It's almost like those old timey, you know, um, artists who used to do uh, natural history uh, art, right? Um, uh, pictures of plants and pictures of um, uh, what do you call birds uh, in natural history books. Uh, but he he did that art right. on uh, um, old uh, stamp paper or old uh, used postcards. So he must have bought postcards from the 1950s or something. And so this yellowed paper uh, with writing on it with messages in Hindi and uh, he has done the art over it. So it's beautiful it's uh, repurposed and uh, as new art what were some of the other artists like other artists they were uh, artists from Kashmir with beautiful hand and mm. hand embroidery there were artists from Lucknow with their chicken cloth um, then there was chicken cloth yeah and then there was uh, uh, there were people uh, selling um, you know pottery there was like, so much like I don't know it's just Sensory overload. Oh, uh, I, I saw this really interesting um, uh, little exhibition of um, by the Tea Society of India, where they have... Uh, the Tea Society? Yeah, and they have, uh, they had black and white, beautiful black and white portraits uh, from all over the world, uh, all over India about people enjoying their tea time. So uh, there were uh, tea sellers in uh, Banaras, then there was uh, uh, an old man uh, selling, I mean, sharing his little cup of chai with his pet parrot. So his parrot is like dipping his beak in it, uh, in the chai. Uh, so it's... It's like people just sharing a moment with someone else or by themselves with chai. So that uh, if uh, so, they were selling those prints. Like you could just uh, take a oh. uh, scan the barcode, and uh, all proceeds of that print go to the charity. Okay. Who? Wow. Yeah, that runs locally. So that was a really good uh, initiative. And I really remembered you because I know how much we love chai. Sounds like a really nice trip. Good weather, good art. Ooh, ooh. I also watched Parasite, which was running in the cinema there. Really? Tell mm-hmm. me what that was like. I'm very curious to know. Like, was it was it house full? Were there a lot of desis that had come to see yes. it? Yes. So I went to see this movie with a friend of mine who is uh, who's a director. Um, he... Oh, your papu's just throwing that out. <laughs> One of my friends. <laughs> this is along with my other friends who like fly private jets and yeah, go on Papu. Tell us about your director friend that you went out with. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. um and he loves watching movies and I really wanted to appreciate this movie with someone who just enjoys going to the cinema and watching a nice movie. Uh, uh, this movie came out uh, in uh, so we went to watch this in Goregaon and Goregaon is you will see a lot of people connected with film there. So uh, the cinema was fairly full, you know, at least like 60, 70% full. Uh, But again, this is a place where um, a lot of people who are in the business uh, live there because there are lots of film studios there. People live there. I love it. So artsy, darling. Yeah. So uh, we obviously, we enjoyed the movie and... um, 
so you know how normal people are when the credits start rolling you kind of start getting up but my friend was uh, he asked me if it's okay if uh, you know we sit for some time till the credits get over he's like it's just as you know for movies that I like wow. it's just as a mark of respect for the work the real work that everyone else in the background puts and hell um, yes yeah. hell yes <laughs> yeah so uh, we sat through the credits and uh, we were surprised that there were at least like seven eight people in the cinema who sat throughout and when we were moving out you could hear there were those people who some of them were discussing the director's uh, previous work and everything so it was like it was a well-informed well-educated crowd that would appreciate uh, that cinema i i'm so glad though that you had such a blast in mumbai we're very happy to have yes, you back darling. happy to be back we have a few announcements actually before we actually jump into the main part of the mm, meat of the podcast announcement a few years ago we had a science fiction desi writer called shweta taneja yes we did yeah i wanted to give her a shout out because um one of her books uh, the Daughter That Bleeds, mm. translated in French as, oh God, I cannot speak French, so this is going to sound so bad. La fille qui s'agne. <laughs> La fille. La fille. Sure, why not? <laughs> by, by Mikhail Cabone has been, sh- okay, Sweta, Sweta Ninja's book has been shortlisted for the Grand Prix d'Imaginaire Awards of 2020 Whoa. in France. That is amazing. I'm so happy and proud for her you no know, no seriously um the grand prix the imaginaire awards is a prestigious literary award in france for science fiction and fantasy mm. and the book called the daughter that bleeds is a short story by shweta and opens up in post-apocalyptic india mm. where fertile women are rare and sold as commodities by their family mm. told with a sense of humor the story reflects upon notions of gender class fertility and parental affection the short story has was awarded the Editor's Choice Best Asian Speculative Fiction in 2018. I, I remember um, the the book that uh, we interviewed her about was, again, uh, um, science fiction, but it was also paranormal, not science fiction, it was like paranormal adventure and young adult. It was like a funny... Uh, book because it kind of uh, you know uh, it, it considered mythology and it, it was like a really fun conversation with her so I love how she adds her own humor and unique voice to tell a story she has a really cool writing style guys so check out her stuff we're very excited for her and I wanted to also announce uh, something else we have one more announcement have you heard of the group called Pen Masala. Yes, of course. Pen comes from the University of Pennsylvania, yeah. UPenn. And Masala is obviously you know what that is. So they're a music group. Acapella, right? They're an acapella music that group. That is so American. Yes. What is acapella? Aca, excuse me. First of all, my aca people, <laughs> if you don't know what acapella is, then you're in treble. <laughs> oh my God, you were just waiting for me Get to. It? All right, acapella <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Uh, pitch Perfect. If you guys know what Pitch Perfect is. Yes. I'm sorry. That's all I had to get those puns out of my system. Pitch Perfect is uh, one of the very big iconic movies that kind of talk about what acapella is. But essentially, they are a group 
or a solo singing group that uh, mm-hmm. don't have any instruments. So every bit of music that you hear comes from their yeah. voices, from their mouths. They sing it. Mm. So, you know, along the drums, the pianos, everything together is... Uh, it, yeah. And it's like several different people yeah. in the group. To add that very orchestral feeling. like. So where did you first hear about uh, Pen Masala? Uh, they performed at one of the award functions. They I think it was did. a film fair or I don't know, Stardust or one of those award functions. Right. Uh, they were on stage and uh, they performed like a, a melody of different songs. So that's where I know them from. And they're actually really cute. Mm-hmm. They're all like very smart desi boys. When I saw them, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, they're like smart looking choir boys. So Pen Masala, uh, and by the way, I'm reading off of their website, which has a massive photo of them with Obama. Ooh. Oh my God. You know, when you have a photo of Obama, it's done, right? Like, pres- For like former Desis, President Obama. Like, oh my God. <laughs> For South Asians, that's huge. Oh. He's the chosen one for Americans. Anyway, so Pen Masala, the world's first South Asian a cappella group, mm. was born with the desire to create music right. that traversed traditional cultural boundaries and captured the experience of growing up with both Eastern and Western cultures. The first group in the world to bring the sounds of the Indian subcontinent to a cappella. So they are basically making music that's a fusion of English and Desi music. Like Hindi songs, uh, Bollywood hits, in, uh, sung by an a cappella group. It's, it's nice. Yeah, it's really something It's pretty unique. cool. It's pretty cool. So the mashups that they've done are usually of like a pop song from right. the West. Versus, and then they mix it up with a popcorn. From, <laughs> a popcorn. They mix it up with a song from Bollywood. Mm. So their new album called Musafir is out right now. Oh, yes. And they have a song that's trending uh, on the YouTubes and on all the airwaves on Spotify everywhere. So check it out. I'm actually going to play the song for you guys. You know how we usually have a music break before we jump into our next segment. Um, So this time I'm going to be playing uh, one of their new releases. Mm -hmm. It's a mashup of Cake by the Ocean, Ghunguru and Stronger. All put really together. Good so uh, we're going to play that for you right now, guys. So enjoy the song. Check out their album uh, and definitely download them on Spotify. The album is available everywhere. I think Google Music, iTunes, everywhere you get your music. Mm-hmm. So check them out.
on the bus tonight and you don't give a whoop what they all say right awesome the christian and christian dior damn they don't make them like this anymore i ask cause i'm not sure do anybody make real sh anymore bow in the presence of greatness cause right now thou hast forsaken us you should be honored by my lateness that i would even show up to this face so go ahead go nuts just don't quit especially in my pastel on my bay fit act like you can't tell who made this new gospel homie take six and say this haters Pretty oh, cool. No. That's such a good song. Such a good mashup. So guys, please check out their album. It's out now. It's called Musafir, and you can listen to the whole thing on YouTube and on Spotify and Google Music. Um, okay, guys. So now let's jump into the official part of the podcast. The juice, the oh meat, the, the people watching. Tables. So much people watching. Papu. We have to talk about this because this is crazy. It's like award season. It's like fashion season. It's like season yes. season. So much is happening. I can't take it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So much people watching. It's great. Like all the distractions I would need for me to avoid real life are happening right now. So it's perfect. One of the biggest things that just happened that just passed, darlings, was the Oscars, as we mentioned earlier. Papu went to go watch Parasite in Mumbai with her very fancy director friend and she loved the movie. And apparently so did the Oscars. Surprise, surprise. So much so that they they gave, gave them two awards four, for best film. Four, no, they got four awards yeah, total. I know. Ah, but sorry, sorry. Among... Among, uh, like, they won Best Picture, Best International Oh, yeah, that's picture, true. They won Best Foreign uh, Film. Best uh, uh, Screenplay. And Best and Director. Best Director, right? Bon Joon Ho. Yeah. Yes. Can you believe it, though? This is the mm. first ever foreign movie to win the Best Movie category in the Oscars ever. Yes. Like, no foreign film has ever done that. I was very surprised. I was like... Wait, is the Oscars doing a good mm. job? Wait, what is going on here? <laughs> no, I think they're just taking... I mean, the movie does deserve all that credit that they have, but we have to remember that uh, still 84% is white. And male. Uh, in uh, the judging, uh, judging committee. So, I mean, they have a long way to go. They are definitely... This is setting a new tone. Uh, they know that their awards become irrelevant mm-hmm. uh, if they do not keep up with mm-hmm. the times. Uh, 
this is sending a strong message that they are we're trying looking at the yeah we're really trying um but yes this movie was amazing and uh uh, winning the they, they swept the award yeah. uh, shows with um, like so many well-deserved yeah. wins um one thing i would also like to notice because i um uh, if for every award function uh, um uh bong joon hoo uh, you know every time he gives his speech uh, there is his translator um right trusted mm-hmm. translator who by her side and she has been getting a lot of attention really? too because uh tra- translation is is a very hard thing you know you're not just li- giving a literal translation you're also an interpreter right you know and she seems uh, when you are she's just 25 and so unfazed uh, and poised uh, she's getting a lot of nice. um, you know positive attention for that for uh, answering to questions and just translating just doing her job really well and she herself plans to be a director um, and she's a film uh, student so yeah oh nice so now i i want to know exactly like uh, how that movie made you feel now that you watched it like did it did it really feel like you des- it deserved best screenplay and best director like how do you feel about oh, all this oh yes things? it did uh you know what i uh, there are so many moments from the movie that come back to me when i'm just doing my daily household stuff like definitely when i look at a cockroach <laughs> once or twice i think of i think of like the analogy i right. think of because essentially the movie is about inequality yeah. and uh, in a very glaring way it it's not on your nose but it creeps up on you just like a little bug yeah. you know um and i think the uh, of late recently i've been uh, revisiting that dialogue in my head you know where they're spending the night in the uh, gymnasium and the sun is like again oh, this is spoiler it's heartbreaking uh, where he's like you know what's the oh, plan oh yeah lots of spoilers guys sorry yes if you haven't seen the movie yet you saw yeah what's the plan and the father very pragmatically says that uh, you know there is no plan do you think that these people here uh, had a plan to be spending uh, a night in the gymnasium uh there is no plan because when you make a plan it uh, there is always a way where uh, god will just tell you that <laughs> you know who's the boss basically so it's kind of heartbreaking was a hard because scene. it really shows people you know who are at that level in society right. how hard they try and struggle and how hard how high the tide is against them So yeah it's heartbreaking like what the difference between their houses did you see like the yeah. the the what is that family called by the way i don't remember if you remember but uh the parks and the the parks are the uh, the, the rich, rich ones, ones yeah and, and the, then the poorer family june they live in like a basement yeah and kind of apartment dwelling where the windows are on the floor so car fumes come directly into the window can you imagine yeah, that yeah so that that is actually a feature a historical feature um in apartment complexes uh that is after the north korea and south korea war there was i think in 1960 or something there was uh, a few north koreans who infiltrated and there was an assassination attempt or um uh, something like that where oh, damn. so that at that time apartments started building like a basement uh, place for as a bomb shelter in case there was uh, any 
a bomb attack from uh, North Korea. And later on, as uh, you know, that uh, threat became less, uh, they, uh, these apartment complexes reused that place and sold them off as apartments. Um, so those the rent is very low. And uh, a lot of times people who live there may just be trying to save money. But of course, you know, a lot of people who uh, there is someone who actually runs a video blog and uh, um, really about how, uh, you know, living in that apartment and doing a renovation and they say that uh, the humidity is the worst thing. And in the movie, they talk about the smell, right? The smell um, that goes into their, their people, like into the father. Their fam- rich family always complains how he smells. Yeah, they all, because it's, the place is so humid and uh, you you tend to get like this typical smell of clothes which ha- don't dry that right. well or is just, uh, it becomes the smell, air quotes, of people who live there. Isn't that bathroom <laughs> crazy though? Their bathroom, the one in the basement? That is like, a real apartment, by that the is, way. So. I don't even know how they filmed in there. The bathroom is like, the toilet is like really high up and you have to like bend down. That whole scene yeah. when the house is completely Exploding getting flooded. Toilet, yes. And the, the daughter is just sitting there and smoking a cigarette, just like, fuck it, all, let it all burn to hell. Yeah. Like you can't do anything. It's, it's yeah one of the things I loved about the movie was when it came to the direction was how you could see the direct uh the director would show like a piece of glass that had a literal line going in between the characters to show the rich versus the poor mm. you know like he like the glass would divide them the divide the divisiveness of the characters yes kept being emphasized in the scenes like within the cinematography yeah I, I think it was great that they the movie won I do feel this is also like the Oscars patting themselves on the back like exactly. we totally understand <laughs> class dynamics I mean we know what it's like we came here on our private jets like poor people have it so hard you you hit it on the nose oh my god you really Jeez. did hit on the nose about them be patting themselves at the back because oscar does that you know they like to they always do that <laughs> they love to show move the movies that usually win in the oscars is like the ones that show people of color suffering like slumdog millionaire you know like they yeah. love that shit like they give those movies like oh my god we're so like about the pores and the browns and we the, you understand know, the international cinema too because because we are we the it. high priest and priestesses. Anyway, I roll. Um, other stuff, <laughs> other people that did win, though, Renee Zellweger did win for Judy, which I was very happy for because I thought she did a phenomenal, jo- phenomenal job. She's an amazing actress. And Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. I'm sure he did that's, a great job. That's my opinion. Because, um, no, he didn't. He are you is, kidding me? I just watched Farewell, okay, by Lulu Wang. Okay. I cannot believe that movie wasn't nominated and cannot believe none of those actors or actresses were even like part of the the group of people that should have been nominated. Joaquin Phoenix, the only reason these guys win is because they always show themselves thin. Every time you starve yourself, you get nominated. Didn't that Matthew McConaughey starve himself, <laughs> got nominated? Then that other idiot who played Batman starved himself and got nominated. That's the thing in Oscars. The white guys, the moment they starve themselves and become like thin, they get nominated. Physical transformation. <sighs> Is equal to good acting. Exactly. That's what Amir Khan started, <laughs> that stupid trend. Now, like, let me work out. Oh, Mr. Perfectionist. Give him all the awards because of his body. <laughs> that is an amazing that was, rant. That was <laughs> movie rant of the moment. No. Sorry. I just had to get that out of my system because it makes me so mad. Anyway, 
Did you watch the Oscars, by the way, at all? Like, I did not. I heard a lot of it about it. I heard so. about it too. Uh, I did watch, however, Eminem gave, gave a song. Like he Tell s- us about that. So Eminem's, Eminem actually won the Oscar for Lose Yourself. I saw some reactions to that. It was hilarious. So Lose Yourself is like written by Eminem who for the movie 8 Mile, which I think the song was not one best original song in 2003. Three, when the movie came out. And the whole point of that segment in the Oscars was to show how music and movies play a big role. Mm. And everyone thought that maybe they'd play like a new song and a new movie more relevant to the nominees of 2020. But no, people, for some reason. Yeah, people actually thought that Billie Eilish might debut her new song. Exactly. Song. Something, right? That would make more sense. Uh, but no, Eminem suddenly came out and then the whole tone of the show went really intense and it was like, <laughs> you better lose yourself in the music, the moment. And I could see like everyone was like, what the f*** is happening? <laughs> the, we were so chill. Everything was so calm. Why is everyone like so hyped up now? And Martin Scorsese looked like he just wanted to go to bed, which was the best. I think when they put it on him, his eyes like closed in horror, like... I just, I just want to go to bed right now. <laughs> I don't deserve this in my old age. The thing is, the reason the Eminem came now is because he pulled an Amir Khan and didn't come to the Oscars in 2003 as a big f*** you to the establishment. But I think because he's broken irrelevant now, he was like, all right, I'll come. Yeah, and Let's hype up the song like, again. I need some royalties. Done some pretty <laughs> things to become re- relevant by talking about, uh, you know, the victims of the... Um, uh, Manchester uh, concert. What did he say? Yeah, that's all over the news about uh, a lyric from uh, where he oh talks God, about Eminem. Ariana's concert. God. Where he's yeah. always done that, but I think Eminem really needs to just like go into a cave and stay there. Like he needs a hug. Like that shock value has always been his thing, but there are some things where you know we're beyond that now. In a world, but where it's cute when you're young. Now it's sad. Now right? it's just like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. <laughs> what were you saying though? In a world when yeah, in a world where you know there there are so much bigger things to uh, take your attention. You don't want to look at a middle-aged white man, you know, just doing this for attention. He's a phenomenal rapper. I just think he's very, like, misguided, unfortunately, still. He's just sad now. Anyway, another thing that happened in the Oscars, uh, which we haven't talked about yet, darling, is the fashion. Mm-hmm. Did you notice any dresses that just swept you off your feet, darling? <laughs> I didn't uh, like see a lot of gowns, but please tell us what was it that really leapt at you from the screen? I know that Natalie Portman wore a cape uh, that made a statement which had like names embroidered of uh, female, um, uh, you know, uh, directors who who did not get recognition despite really good work that he put out uh yes so apparently natalie portman had this gorgeous gown on that but and had a coat over it and the cape had the mm. names of snubbed female directors that were not awarded for this year's academy awards um and she came out like that and everybody the whole press was like oh my god she's so brave She's so brave. Look at her for doing that and speaking out. And then Rose McGowan, if you guys remember her from like kind of headlining the whole Me Too movement in the US in Hollywood, uh, she kind of called out Natalie Portman and the press and was like, okay, calm the fuck down. This is not what brave is, okay? And she straight up asked Natalie Portman, so how many female directors have you worked with? 
Oh, snap. <laughs> snap. And uh, she said, she's like, how are you brave? You have barely spoken out about the Me Too movement and you don't really support women directors in Hollywood. She she uh, came after her, which I think was great. I'm glad she did. And Natalie Portman had to release like a professional statement saying, yeah, I know I kind of f***ed up and I've not really worked with women directors, but I hope for that to change. So I don't know. How do you feel about actors embroidering stuff like that what, what is your opinion yeah well uh, that, that's true like uh, there is always uh, this thing about in the oscars where you um, your uh, activism is more just um, yeah skin mm-hmm. deep you know when you show it and to show to get points uh, I care, for I being swear. like a great feminist i know yeah i do Hashtag. care but i don't really care uh, <laughs> but uh, the truth comes in you know actions speak louder than words mm-hmm. so i guess if you if you a person who really cares uh, cares little about making a show of it but rather works looks deep within themselves and sees what change they can bring about in the system and then you know let others notice it and talk about it mm-hmm. exactly what papu said guys just what she said um as for anyone else's fashion i have no comments honestly like nobody really stood out for me what uh, about- keanu brought his mom keanu reeves brought his Aww, mom which was really such cute adorable i know my god we love him so much mm-hmm. sorry what were you saying uh what about the work of other female directors have you watched little women mm, no i told you papu in the last episode it's it's too white girl for me i don't oh, okay. i cannot i cannot do mumble core <laughs> right. movies greta gertwig is the hardcore mumbler and i cannot do those mumble <laughs> movies where she's like mmm, 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 and it's like super white and understated oh and my god no i can't but i did watch farewell yeah. with lulu wang which was phenomenal uh, it's a female a female director written and directed right? by women and it's so close to what like indians and desis kind of experience when it comes to death mm. within a family and how we deal with death okay it's beautifully okay. directed music is phenomenal cinematography colors it's it's i cannot believe it was nominated i don't understand how once upon a time in hollywood that trash i call it trash was nominated I said it. Uh, by the way, what's his face? James Corden and Rebel Wilson came out dressed as cats <laughs> to, to make an announcement for the Oscars. They dressed Did up in their watch cats. That movie? No, I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting for it to come out on whatever Netflix or wherever. So that I, but that has to be an event when it comes out. Don't you think? Like when it finally comes out for us to watch? Yeah. Would you like smoke up and watch? It? No, I wouldn't just get high on weed and watch it, Papu. I'm going to dress up like a fucking cat and watch <laughs> that furry? movie. Like, are you kidding me? I'm going to straight up dress up like a furry. I'm going to buy a giant cat jumpsuit. And I'm going to be weird and go meow, meow and lick myself and creep out my husband. And I'm going to watch the movie. That's the What plan. do your cats think of that movie? That should be an opinion. I think that's really important. I think I definitely will be watching that movie with my cats. And we're all going to watch it, you know, and really pass some judgment. That's so meta. It's so meta. I need to know how they feel about this. Like, is our interpretation of cats, like, authentic? Like, did we do them a disservice? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, fine. Oscars. Papu, next. 
You know what else you've been missing that's been going on? Tell me, please. You know what started around the globe? <laughs> yeah. Passion Week, darling. Passion Week is going on. Passion. Um, New York Fashion Week just mm-hmm. ended. Yes, the Fashion Week. Darling, darling, have you been following New York Fashion Week, darling? I, uh, no, sadly no. But uh, I have been reading here and there about uh, things that happen and clothes that are worn. Um, tell us what what uh, is it that caught your fancy? That's fine, lovely, darling. It's okay. While you're busy with other directors, I'm not better. <laughs> I was going around updating myself on what was going on in New York, darling. Some of the designers that I absolutely loved the collections. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm done with that accent. One of the designers that I really loved was uh, Gabriella Hurst. I thought she had an amazing collection. Marc Jacobs killed it. One of the colors that I noticed that was, uh, I saw a lot on the runway was orange. Or sorry, I mean tangerine. Tangerine. Why why can't we just call it like by the color? Why do we have to name it after a fruit? Why tangerine? Why not? It reminds me of colored uh, orange. A very weird movie that uh, came on Netflix, uh, a uh, Horse Girl. Oh, I watched where, that too with Alison yes, Brie. Right. That has a lot of orange. <laughs> Papu, darling, it wasn't tangerine. That was know, coral. It was a peach. Coral. Coral. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Jesus, girl. Okay. So, um, actually, one of the things, uh, other than the color tangerine that we noticed, there is like mm-hmm. a massive movement on sustainability. Like Ooh, that is something I really picked up on too. Didn't yes. you? And we we mentioned this last time when we talked about Fashion Week. Like, right. Uh, you know, I think when it happened, Fall Fashion Week or something. Sustainability mm, seems to be I'm like. Glad the future i noticed it in uh, so i follow man repeller and um, you know honestly it's more as a warrior because most of the stuff they talk about i cannot afford yeah, no definitely not um, even they are shopping listeners just uh, as a oh a gucci belt for 800000 dollars yeah okay no problem yes. sure <laughs> And so I I don't uh, I don't get it, but I just um, I I just read it for the fun of it because they have amazing writers, and um, but there was this one write up that was done where uh, I think Harlan, uh, one of the our editors, um, which uh, which one of was was it Esmeralda Twilight Sparkle or was it what did they have weird ass <laughs> names? So, so basically, Amelia she Diamond. Has, yes, sorry, was it Amelia Diamond? No, Amelia Diamond is no longer with Man Repeller, but. But she does write some of the pieces. Okay, sorry. Yes. Um, it wasn't her, but yes, I know we both of us we love her writing. I it was Harling Ross, I think. Uh, these names, all right. I think sorry. it was Harling Ross, or I don't know. Anyways, uh, she gets her old pair of not old, but basically pants that she must have bought uh, on, on a whim or because they were on sale, and uh, they don't fit that well. They're like five or six pants to um, a service which does like fitting and stitching so she once the before this she shows the before and after pictures and obviously the service is not very cheap but it kind of shows the direction in which they're moving towards and a lot of commentators under that have said that we are glad that you're talking about sustainability and 
making the best of you know what you have in your wardrobe reusing it upgrading it because that right, a lot right. of people now are really you know becoming more aware about the negative effects of fast fashion and how it takes a toll on the environment how mm-hmm. it uh, thrives on uh, exploitation exploitative conditions mm-hmm. for workers so a lot of people now are educated uh, consumers and um, i'm glad to see that uh, mainstream fashion is taking uh, that on the forefront and more needs to be done because again uh, we have uh, seen studies and we've uh, watched in documentaries how uh, like H&M has like a buyback or whatever thing where you can uh, you know give the old stuff and they say that it is uh, reused but a very small fraction of that gets reused but most right. of that is sold off to an african country where it's basically like burnt off or whatever which causes environmental issues so uh, one needs to be go really deep down uh, if uh, you you think like your high street uh, fashion brand is doing something uh, probably not maybe try to find out more what they do in the background um and this i'm reading from vogue.com but did you know that uh, during mm. many of this uh, year's new york fashion week there was a lot of protesting going on outside uh, many of the shows um there's actually oh, no. a youth well, what was it there's a youth activist group called xr youth mm-hmm. And they are just young teenagers, okay, like really young kids that threw off their jackets suddenly right before like one of the shows started and turned the sidewalk into a runway dressed in upcycled and pieced together secondhand clothing. Mm. They spent their days showing the industry what what 100% sustainable show might look like. Mm. And after the show, they addressed the entire crowd with their list of demands for the fashion industry that the brands need to stop using virgin polyester that they should be carbon neutral by 2025 mm-hmm. and that the fashion industry as a whole needs to adopt a supply chain that's circular and stop extracting non-renewable resources from the earth mm-hmm. and that we need an equitable fashion industry that respects human rights and ensures fair representation bravo bravissimo that is that is a very a uh, reasonable and uh, very focused uh, list of demands it's nothing like unicorn dust and stuff like that it's is something which uh, mm. i'm you know it's like kids showing that this is how adults supposed to act like and supposed to do so mm-hmm. i totally support what what they're saying and uh, bravo for doing I that i think that's amazing absolutely i i really think it's so cool so guys check out xr youth uh, you can actually find them just google them and read more about them i wonder if there's groups like that you know in canada or in india or anywhere that uh, really go around kind of you know starting shit and you know what's it called like causing a ruckus <laughs> in establishments i love that i love when everything super fancy and all these like important people self important people come and then these little rebels show up like yeah. no Let us show you how it's done. Ooh. Let us do it. I think that's pretty fierce. That's like fierce though. Can you imagine like suddenly we're walking down the street and a bunch of kids like give us an impromptu fashion show? I'd fucking lose my shit, Papu. Okay, I'd be like, oh my god, Bravo! <laughs> take it all. Take all my attention, my money, my clothes, my wardrobe. It's all for you. 
So cool. And okay, can I please talk about the next thing? Papu, please tell us. I really want to know about this because this is like, this is really hot off the press's news. Like, So the Westminster dog show happened. Woof, 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 woof. I know. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you know what? I'm not like a very uh, crazy diehard fan because I know there have been, uh, and this uh, dog show is, um, this was I think the 140th year or something so it's been running for a very very long time in new york um, 144 yes. years sorry that's yes. that's how long dogs have been around <laughs> no <laughs> the show has been around uh so this uh, particular year saw about twenty thousand uh, participants or something and uh, what little furry fans and I, you know, you just like love watching fluff and such well-groomed and well-disciplined uh, fluff. Like, I mean, I, I think I've, I sent you a few video clips. So this year's winner was uh, Shiba, uh, this black Pomeranian uh, who's... Poodle! Beautiful! Poodle. poodle. Yeah, sorry. Poodle, poodle. It's so... It, it looks like a sculpture. She looks like she. something out of like... <laughs> the most like amazing Disney movie you've ever seen. She does not look real. Yeah. That dog does not and, look like a real dog. And she's really fancy because she loves to eat McDonald's. She probably gets <laughs> manicures every day. So the the final saw like uh, her compete against uh, other uh, little breeds and all oh of God. them I tell you are amazing. There was uh, there was a, um, uh, a, a test where I think... Uh, one of the dogs where you it's an obstacle course darling this dog was able to complete uh, the obstacle course and the amount of intensity that uh, that he had was amazing it's, was, it, was it daniel the golden retriever was it that dog all right so there there was this one dog called pink like the singer who is a border collie and uh, he was the winner for Saturday's uh, Master Agility Championship. And oh. uh, uh, sorry, she, it's pink. Okay. And uh, she really does like resemble like Looney Tunes character with the eyes because the amount of intensity pink showed when uh, he following command by its handler. Uh, her handler is amazing like this if you watch that uh, 30 second clip of her doing like the agility course it's insane how well she is able to finish it and uh, so perfectly just weave between poles and you know it's insane so yeah so like these dogs have amazing personalities and it's it's I don't know I just love watching all these cute dogs and having these conversations of which breed would I be yeah there's you know? a lot of poodles by the way like I'm looking at all the poodle photos and I have no idea how like I would if I was a judge like I'd go crazy after a while like how many dogs are you looking at in a day I wouldn't be able to tell them apart yeah so the guy who uh, does the judging for this competition has been doing it for like more than 30 years or something so he really you know knows his stuff and uh, when he announced the winner he's looked at everything you know how the carriage of the dog is the front carriage back carriage like how the teeth are the faces everything the how the dog behaves uh, and looks like they it's amazing how they can judge these things uh, 
I am a total outsider to this world. So I'm just looking at it as someone who doesn't know anything, not even the dog breeds most of the time. Mm, me neither. I didn't know there was so much to it. So I'm just like reading about this. So the Westminster Kennel Club holds a two-day dog show every year in Madison Square Garden in New York City. So they have been doing that since the 18, since 1877. Mm. And what they do is they compare things like balance, overall appropriate portions and size, the weight, the eye color, the eye shape, Mm. the ear length, the ear position, the muzzle length, the whisker thickness, (laughs) the kind of bite, level or scissor overbite, shoulders. The judge will use his hands to inspect the dog's body, including its bones and muscles. Mm. Oh, my God. Sweet Jeebus, this is so intense. I can't even imagine the stress it would be to be like a dog show breeder, right? Like, I must have the perfect dog. The perfect dog. And you have to like compare it to like 20 billion other dogs. How? Uh, You can't really, you know, I mean, yeah, it is stressful. But I I really hope that uh, dog breeders, uh, first of all, have to be dog people. So they do treat dogs as actual people so you know that that shows a level of humanity towards them and not just treat them as trophies to win because those dogs have a better life than i do papu i know that for a fact i'm fairly certain they travel first class to get to new york (laughs) yeah i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure they they travel in style and well do you think the dog that won deserved it papu darling i'm speaking in a british accent because i feel snooty while looking at these dogs i just you know what uh, i would love to watch i would love to get a calendar which pairs these dogs with supermodels so like maybe Gigi Hadid with one of them or like Kendall Jenner uh, or some like uh, yeah I guess I, I like that idea I like the idea of the dogs <laughs> being the main thing and the models being the accessory I think that would be really nice I'm into that darling yeah. I'm into that if they have a start having like a modeling show on dogs I will totally watch it I'm just saying. I know right where's this conversation going anyway whatever I don't know <laughs> Well, that was wonderful, Papu. Thank you for sharing that. I love dogs and I love dog shows. So this was perfect. Yes. One day I hope to be a cat show mom just like this. <laughs> I aspire for that. Uh, all right. So let's jump to our most favorite segment that we do. Ready, Papu? It's time for the filmy chapter. It's time for us to gossip about what's on the movies, on the silver golden screens and the TVs and the Netflixes and the YouTubes. Um, Mm. First things first. Did you hear about this movie called Lal Singh Chadda starring Karina Kay and Amir Khan that was just announced, just oh, announced no. I and dropped not. like yesterday. Um, <laughs> so Lal Singh Chadda is apparently this movie that has been in the earwaves, earwaves, in the news waves for some time now. It's Amir Khan's mm-hmm. next magnum opus. <coughs> and it's supposed to be a copy of... An American movie. Do you want to take a guess which movie, Papu, at uh, all? Do you care? No. Do you care? Gravity. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? Um, oh, okay. No, <laughs> just kidding. It's a remake <laughs> of this really... Uh, it's a remake of Forrest Gump. Uh, oh, okay. Have you heard of that? <laughs> Have you watched Gump that movie? Forrest Gump is one of the movies that 
you know just just came out it was it had its time but now it's like okay it looks dated and it's like okay can i ask you an honest question like i really i need you to answer me honestly <laughs> yeah what is your opinion of amir khan's yeah. legacy in today's day and age oh god uh he has a much higher opinion of himself than than any opinion anyone can give which is good you know that drives him does he know that we know does he know that we know that we know we know amir we know <laughs> we can see care. it now <laughs> anyway so this movie is basically supposed to be a remake of forest gump and for those of you uh, i'm sorry i'm rolling my eyes so hard i have a headache right now for those of you who that do not remember do not know what i'm talking about forest gump was a poorly written piece of crap <laughs> and a stupid oscar winning movie that came out in 1994 yes that's my definition of it hmm. uh, it starred what's his name who's america's sweetheart tom, tom hanks. hanks yes that's what it, it has starred. that line about chocolates about life being a box of chocolates which Life everyone is knows like a box of chocolates <laughs> you never know <laughs> sorry i'm sorry i'm i'm being an ass i know um okay so i didn't like that movie do you remember that movie when it came out papu what do you remember of yeah, that movie yeah i did not um watch it when it came out because i did not have cable but in the later years when i did watch did it, you watch it in the theaters though like that was one of those like movies everybody was like oh the one i watched in the theaters was titanic and then much later the mummy those are the two movies that i've ever watched and then tarzan uh the disney movie which is amazing but then you that means you did yeah. eventually watch forest gump at home uh yes i did watch it on tv one of the days When it came out uh, What do you remember of it? Yeah, I was like okay this guy is just uh, happening to be there at these moments in history. It's kind of a funny thing, but uh, it, just because uh, he's shown as um, you know mentally challenged because of which he watch uh, watches the world with this very simple way and that is the whole point of the story. Like the movie centers around an average American low intelligence nobody. which is supposed to like i feel like forrest gump was meant to represent like the a, a sect of americans i don't know it felt condescending in a way yeah uh, it, it's supposed to be like you know no matter how stupid you are but as long as you fight you'll get the american dream you know yeah that sounds like a trump uh, supporter yeah, kind exactly. of mentality where they're like you know if you do it like you get like i don't know it's just yeah very oversimplification is not very um um uh, sensitive no. to people with mental challenges or their real struggle no and speaking of struggle he also kind of they depicted this white american also taking the credit for many things uh, done by black people uh, black accomplishments mm. for example he for his come the character was credited for stopping the watergate burglary when it was actually a black security guard called frank willis that did it Wow. And he was also later in the movie at some point he, they're like yay Forrest Gump also ended racism by breaking the segregation barrier yay so it was <sighs> a lot of moments like that so i'm just really curious God. what the fuck Amir Khan horrible. was thinking by picking this movie to remake oh mm-hmm. god what do you think it's going to be like it's got karina kapoor in it too by the way so it's probably going to be one of those well, like you, you know what i have not watched PK have you watched PK Yeah I did it was Amir okay I, uh, Is it something similar where he's like the simple alien or something Yeah actually right does not see 
things and just like happens to I just remember what they he are. was naked in the beginning and I really enjoyed that part after that it was a blur <laughs> <laughs> that was a poster that was the whole poster of the just take PK. the f***ing thing away armor we want to see what your junk looks like <laughs> sorry what <coughs> I'm sorry I'm <laughs> bad feminist bad feminist okay um so anyway uh yeah I don't know he I guess he's going to be playing like Lal Singh Chadda, who's going to be like some simpleton that will save India. I don't know. Whatever. But mm. this is how Papu and I do our movie reviews. You guys, you know what to expect. We pretty much only talk about movies we're going to never watch. Anyway, <laughs> next one that actually just came out. Another movie that just dropped the trailer. Bhut Part 1. The Haunted Ooh, Ship. I loved the first one. Is it Ram Gopal Verma? This has got Vicky Kaushal in it. I don't think it has anything to do with Ram Gopal Verma. So let's see. Vicky Kaushal, I like him. He's, He's very kind of dedicated. Hot, and, um, I like hot. his energy. No, this movie does not have anything to do with Ram Gopal Verma. This actually has to... I think it's like its own thing. And uh, it's directed by Bhanu Pratab Singh. So it has mm-hmm. yeah no connection to that. And it's supposed to be a horror film. That, mm-hmm. Did you see the trailer? No, I did not. It's supposed to mm. be about uh, a character who is a surveying officer on a mm. ship, the Seabird. And the Seabird is a mysterious ship that floated onto the shore of Juhu Beach, Mumbai. And he's on a mission to figure out how that happened mm. and why there's nobody on the ship. So basically a f***ing ship appears from nowhere and everyone's like, what the f***? And this hot guy goes in to check mm. it out. Hey! Okay. I hope there's a scene where like the ghost appears and there's all this wind and then Vicky Koshal's shirt just comes off. You know, uh, Bollywood and horror has, Bollywood has not really hit it uh, um, very often when it comes to horror. So let's see how they do it. You know, I'm really interested. To do you see. like Vicky Koshal though? I do so like sexy. him. Yeah, I like him. Oof, I just want to spank him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Valentine's Day just ended. Give me, cut me some slack. So do you, are you not having high hopes for this at all? Do you not care to see it? Uh, again, like, I, I really don't know. <laughs> Papu has no How? opinion on it. <laughs> Bhumi Pednecker is in it. So that's cool, I guess. Okay. Ahem. Let's see if she can redeem herself after that horrible movie that she did with Karthik Aryan. Oh God, that guy. Wow. Mm, yeah, we're not allowed to speak about him on this show. He's on the list with Shah yes. Khan and Kim Kardashian. They're officially banned. Anyway, uh, another <laughs> movie that came out, the trailer just dropped off, which I'm kind of excited by or I don't know how I feel about it. But I did like the first one. Angrezi mm. Medium. Have you have you watched the first one? I love that movie with Irfan Khan. Yeah, Irfan Khan and I forgot the woman. She was really good, his wife. So there's uh, the sequel to this called Angrezi Medium. Okay. And I think it takes place in the future when his daughter has grown up, but his wife has passed away. Okay. And from what I saw in the premise of the, the movie is that his kid wants to go to study in the UK and basically he has to be able to make that amount of money to send her there. Ah. So the whole premise is of like this father trying to send his daughter to the best school he can. It looked really sweet and heartbreaking and I love Irfan Khan. I did love the first movie. It was very sweet, wasn't it? So I'm glad he's in this movie too. Yeah, me too. Wasn't he ill by the he way? He was. Ill, I guess um, he was undergoing treatment for um, yeah something really serious. He, he had he had chemotherapy and stuff. Mm. So apparently, yeah, apparently he's doing really well. So it's actually really exciting to see him back making mm. films. 
so yeah, have you seen the trailer to this? Mm-hmm. It looks really good. I think I will I, be watching this one. Yeah, it's a very sweet looking movie, and I I enjoyed English medium because Hallelujah, a movie it, that Papu uh, and I like. <laughs> like his uh, his humor that he adds. Like I feel like he does do improvisation. to the roles that he's playing yeah, me too. because there's always like a very trademark him in in the roles and what he says yeah uh, and this little like delhi family yeah. like someone who who just through sheer hard work has uh, you know are yeah. part of the new rich but they don't know uh, they always feel intimidated by the people who are like the khandani rich people right. because they feel like they don't know how to, to speak english or you know don't know all the right things so yeah he plays that part really well of uh, someone who still feels like a little insecure <laughs> so that movie will be coming out very soon as well i don't know what the date is but yeah mm, that's uh, something i would watch it looks like a nice uh, I know and Kareena Kapoor's in it now too yeah she's like a police officer or something and uh, um, I mean I don't know I have, I'm so indifferent to whether she's back in movies or not do you care I, I don't, don't know I don't really care much <laughs> oh by the way I just wanted to quickly mention before we go further did you know Karan Johar has a reality show on Netflix like a dating reality show really <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, he Why? has a personality of someone who's always stirring trouble. It's so bad though. It's like okay, I tried to watch it with my husband and he was like, "Okay, I have to leave." Because I was like, "No, no, I want you to see how this is date, okay?" And um <laughs> it was painful, Papu. Like Karan Johar is so fake. Mm. Can somebody tell him he doesn't need to be this fake? Kejo, stop it. It's so it's so saccharine, mm. sweet, glazed over like we know I feel like Amir Khan and I feel like all of Bollywood needs to know like guys we know we know you're putting this on we're not stupid. Anyway, he's got this weird dating show which has a bunch of like cute young like desis PYT uh, hanging out thing. in a room. Okay. Yeah, but he's giving some weird advice and it's so painful cuz he'll crack a, he's going around talking to all these dating contestants and then he'll crack like a joke and say something and then they awkwardly laugh behind him because I guess the director or producer behind <laughs> the camera was like laugh at everything Kejo says. So he'll be like, "Oh my god, like dating is so like different now, isn't it?" And then everyone behind him is like, <laughs> "And that's it. It's painful." And then he like cracks really gives really bad advice. So what's the premise? Nothing just just young hot people in a room with Karan Johar. That's it. Like that's how all do they I mingle? Saw. Are they I supposed to do tasks together? They're just they're just like in a room in like a bar, and they all are just supposed to kind of talk to each other and figure out what they that want. Sounds like an awkward mixer. It's awful. It looked really painful. There was this one guy who was like, into, he's like, oh, I'm into hip hop, and he like basically looked like a really sad, like you know, oh trying God. to they always appropriate black those... culture. Mm. Yeah, and he's like, you know, everybody doesn't like me because I like the hip hop. You know, they think it's like the bad people music, and I'm like, <laughs> so cringy. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there. So if you guys are really bored this weekend and you want to smoke up or get drunk, there's a really bad Netflix show for you to watch with Karan Johar in it. What's it called? It's called What the Love with Karan Johar. That's such a forgettable. With the help from celebrity name. guests and a glam squad, film filmmaker Karan Johar mentors six. singletons through their love life oh and one thing i really want to add that i couldn't stop laughing at like i was on the floor choking with laughter they have different people on there like they have a stylist they'll have like 
a hairstylist, a clothes stylist. The f- hairstylist is bald. <laughs> Sorry. Oh Just, my god. Okay. Why? Like, he's sitting there like, oh my god, look at that girl's hair. Okay, doesn't she realize she can do so much with her hair? And I'm like, bitch, you don't got no hair on that <laughs> bald ass head of yours. Why did you, Karan Jor, you couldn't have cast a hairstylist with hair on his head so he can give better advice? Sorry, I was just... <sighs> anyway, so What the Love is happening right now. Uh, dating reality show for desis. Um Papu, I think that you and I should get on there. I know I'm married right now, but I really kind of just want to do it for the hell of it. <laughs> I could use the money. Seriously. Yeah, why not? Like, hey, 30, um, 30 something you know, like love to... Like on Reddit, you have like a oh. you have a throwaway that you have when you want to put like a really shitty question or stuff like that. I wish I had a throwaway identity I could use just to come on the show, make money, and then just get rid of that identity, <laughs> keep the money. I think we should pitch this to Karan Johar. Seriously, we have some better ideas for you. Cast us also, thanks. Papu, use your director friends to get us in there, okay? Come on, come on, come on. Oh, no, but I would like to pitch his uh, his uh, work. Uh, guys, do check out Cubicles or Girls Hostel on um, Hotstar. Oh, this is the guy that you're seeing but not seeing, right? Okay, what's this? No, I, it, come on. Come on, it's not that. We're friends, right? We're friends, but uh, yeah. Whatever. I like to stir the pot, Papus. So what is your director made? What is this on Hotstar? Hostel? What? Yeah, Girls Hostel. And there is Girls also Hostel. Cubicles, which is uh, which is kind of like Office, but uh, it's fun. Yeah. Is that, there's 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 an actual show that's an actual rip off of The Office. Is that uh, it? Yeah, no, that, that is this, that is with Malika Dua. No, no, not that one. Awesome. No. Uh, all right, Papu. So why don't we wrap up the show talking about a Bollywood icon that had passed away a while ago, but mm. we are actually going to be celebrating his 100th yes. birth anniversary, which means he was born about, you know, 100 years ago to this day. Okay. I am okay. speaking of iconic screen villain, Pran. <laughs> insert exciting action fighting 70s music right now yeah sorry that's what i think of when i think of pran uh pran (laughs) kishan sikand full name was born on 12th february 1920 and had passed away on the 12th of july 2013 uh, but he actually was one of our most celebrated and famous villains. And I mm-hmm. still watch like old movies and I can't not see him. I remember my father always telling me like when he was younger, how like, uh, you know, he would they would like scare kids to be like, if you don't behave, yeah. Pran is going to come and yeah. he'll put you <laughs> he'll put you to he actually entered the uh, this is what i heard that he entered the film industry to be a hero but he was very successful right. playing negative roles so much so that kids do not uh, i mean people would not name their kids pran because of the connotation right i'm sure he was a really nice man in real life of course. but he just did such a good job of being his voice was very like you know unique Deep too and he had this and, very yeah. like amazing delivery yes uh quick backstory on him and i'm reading from this new york times article by haresh pandya okay and it's from mm-hmm. 2013 the day that the year that he died okay a quick backstory on pran he did over a hundred four hundred films over more than six decades wow he was professionally known by his first name only pran but he was best known mm. for all the 
best known for the air of menace he brought to his evil characters. He began mm. acting in the late 1940s. He introduced a measure of complexity and humor to his roles with his intense eyes and majestic voice that made him an intimidating antagonist. Mm. He later turned to doing somewhat positive roles in the 60s, but it was his performance as a rough but kind Pashtun in the 1973 film Zanjir that solidified his stature as a character actor. While the film itself elevated Amitabh Bachchan, who played his friend, to superstardom. So the chemistry between Bachchan, uh, between Amitabh Bachchan and Pran was very strong. And they worked on 14 films together after that. Wow. So he was like the number one villain, man, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He earned the highest salary of anybody that was like in an evil role at that time. So I, like uh, at a time where uh, a lot of uh, people would come to cinema, the draw would be the hero. Uh, if he was in the movie, like people would come for him. Right. So despite him being the villain so that's pretty cool and 400 movies 60 years wow that's a beautiful legacy to leave behind man can you please share that uh, story you were telling me earlier about the podcast you were listening to name the podcast and name the actress and name everything i want to know tell our listeners Uh, so i would uh, i love to listen to this podcast called urdu nama um, uh, and uh, the host is Fabia Sayed, and she is amazing. Like it's a 16-minute podcast in Urdu, English, and Hindi, where she starts off by introducing an Urdu word, and then she tells about the history about it. And a lot of times, she also talks about poets and um, different um, um, writers uh, or singers uh, so this there was this one episode where she talks about Noor Jahan and uh, the uh, and Lata Mangeshkar uh, so Noor Jahan was uh, a singer and actress and uh, she was really big in the 1940s when Indian cinema was making a transition from silent cinema to um, speaking uh, talkies, you know. Uh, in, at the time of silent cinema, there would be an orchestra in the hall where the screens are playing, wow. the orchestra would be playing the music or the singer would be singing. So every time there's a different singer, uh, depending on where you are. Uh, so she grew up, I think, in uh, Punjab, and uh, she, despite they were poor, they she grew up. Noor Jahan came from a very musically lustrous family. Uh, she was sent uh, at the age uh, of uh, very young age. She was sent to learn, uh, um, you know, Hindustani music. So she was very well versed in the traditional style of singing, uh, tumri, and all of those different uh, styles, and. Um, uh, a lot of times these Urdu poets would compose couplets and it would be upon the um, singer to set a tune or s- sing them in a certain way. In fact, interesting fact, um, when Noor Jahan was uh, at the prime, uh, you know, she got married to a very famous director who cast her in films and uh, she was cast in early movies with uh, Dilip Kumar and Pran. In fact, it was because of her that uh, both of these people became famous because when people wa- went to movies, she was the main draw. No one knew about Dilip Kumar and Dilip Kumar's earlier movies right. had not done well until he came in the movie with Noor Jahan. And uh, Pran also came in movies with her. 
um lata mangeshkar was a very good friend of her lata mangeshkar was very young at that time and um, noor jahan was like her mentor oh. um yeah and there was this interesting little so anecdote wait, is she where... the one who taught lata ha they sing no like remember they sang really nicely no, in those days what she did what did she did lata mangeshkar did pick up from noor jahan was how to say the word uh, uh mohabbat oh. you know before oh. mohabbat was said mahabbat oh. so noor jahan was the one who would say mohabbat and that is how oh, that sounds so much more nice uh, uh, that is how everyone after her then started saying lata mangeshkar would say mohabbat not mahabbat um so it, it's a uh, and i learned all of this just by listening to urdu nama so guys if you love um, urdu poetry just listening and learning something new and nice uh, please uh, add that to your list of listens she was in a movie with pran and gulam haider in a 1942 movie called Khandan. Mm, yes. That was one of his first movies where he played a positive role mm. and uh it launched his career as well as kind of like around the time her career was also really picking up. Mm. Yeah, and it was one of the first talkie movies too at that time. So it's very cool. Thanks for sharing that Pappu. I need to check out that podcast still. I haven't done that yet cuz I'm super lame. but it's on my list of yeah, things to I'm do. Yeah, I really I really want to know what you think I'm about sure it. I'm sure I'm going to love it and I actually want to see if we can get that woman on our podcast the the whole part that podcast host though Papu is very scared cuz our Hindi and Urdu is complete <laughs> shite. It's just bad. Papu and I at least me like when I speak Hindi I think I think uh you know a poor little like bird in the sky dies every time or something. <laughs> not speak hindi yeah oh man fabia sayed is such an amazing podcast really? host okay uh, we must check, get her on the show then yeah i i really would love to just like uh, listen to her <laughs> if there's like a live taping event i would love to go for that so that is it for our show guys but first before we wrap up i do want to play a few of the movie dialogues from pran just some of his iconic ones All right, enjoy. Hey, कोई ऐसी बात तुम्हारे देश की जिस पर के सर ऊंचा कर सको? नहीं, my dear boy, तुम्हारे देश ने कुछ नहीं दिया. India's contribution is zero, zero, and zero. इस इलाके में नए आए हो साहब? वरना शेर खां को कौन नहीं जानता अगर तुमने मुझ पर गोली चलाई तो तुमसे ज्यादा पागल और कोई नहीं होगा इसलिए कि सिर्फ मैं जानता हूं कि तुम बेगुनाह हो गुड अगर तुम मेरा रिवॉल्वर वापस नहीं देते तो मैं तुम्हें कुछ नहीं बताता और अगर मैं गोली चला देता तुम गोली चला ही नहीं सकते थे क्योंकि मैं रिवॉल्वर हमेशा खाली रखता हूं शायद तू ये भूल गया कि इस जमीन पर फतेहा अकेला पैदा नहीं हुआ है उसके साथ उसकी भला की जिद भी पैदा हुई है कहीं मेरी जिद किसी जिद पर आ गई तो अपनी बेटी के रास्ते में पड़े हुए बेशुमार कांटों को तो मैं अपने दामन में समेट लूंगा 
लेकिन तेरे रास्ते दहकते हुए अंगारों से भर दूंगा That's amazing. Thank you for putting that together. Papu, how does it feel to be back in podcasting? It wasn't too bad, right? No, it was amazing. Yeah, looking at fashion, looking at doggies, talking about movies. Yes. I like when there's like enough stuff going on that I don't have to think about my miserable life. So, it's always nice. <laughs> it's uh really good to just like kick it with you mm, same girlfriend same so guys please do check out shweta taneja's short story um the daughter that bleeds yes i'm also going to check it out myself and don't forget to download pen masala's the new aka amazing acapella song yeah uh, from their album musafir that has just dropped so get that shit, exactly musafir musafir means traveler yes i totally knew that no i didn't Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, all right guys, that's, that's it. it. I'm I'm going to go and watch the sequel to PS uh, to All the Boys I've Loved Before, PS I Love You <laughs> that has just dropped on Netflix. Like one of my favorite chick flick movies. Okay, I love that movie. By the way, uh if you and I had to participate in the Westminster Dog Show, oh. what dog would you be <clears throat> and what dog would I be? Oh, I know that I uh put a french bulldog for you because i find you very like you know like especially the shoulders you know like it's always has his shoulders up like that i'm little little feisty and angry yes. and pokey ears and, the way and always the, ready the to like attack the front paws just come up like this is i find it so cute like you know i'm going to beat up who i like how papu said french bulldog so you make a note of the fact that i'm very little right because if i was a bulldog i'd be really big but because i'm a french bulldog i'm just really little and feisty oh. that's fine that's fine okay, i get okay. it <laughs> i i don't know what dogs <laughs> no it's all good girl i think you would definitely be like the sweet little angelic brown poodle like with these cute little tiny beady you brown eyes and I, not a manicured poodle it. but just like with the cute little brown hair oh, and like curls and guys she sent me this cute little you know poodle picture i just fell in love with it see my colors me and has a perfect nose just like i do <laughs> exactly exactly and is full of innocence like when you look at that dog it just like you're like i don't need anything in my life <laughs> i know i, I don't need dog. anything in my life you <laughs> this dog will complete me <laughs> that's the kind of dog uh yeah and i'm a french poodle so if you fuck with me i i won't bite but i'll bark a lot so <laughs> anyway <laughs> All right guys so that's it for our episode I hope you guys enjoyed it yes uh take care don't forget to send us nice you know reviews on iTunes and blah 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 all that good stuff subscribe to us on Patreon buy our prints etc etc mm. woohoo uh Woo. we'll see you soon yeah take care everybody take care papu bye bye Hey guys, this is Papu, the other half of Chuski Pop. 
If you like what you hear, then give us a follow. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also support the show on Patreon and buying our prints on chuskipop.com. Perfect, excellent, wonderful. Chalo dan. Jyoti, Jyoti, my child, come here, come here, my daughter. Tumhe tumhari nayi mummy se milata hu. Aapne phir shaadi kar li? करनी पड़ी बेटी तुम तो जानती हो आज तुम्हारी स्वर्गवासी माँ का जन्मदिन है इस शुभ अवसर पर एक बेटी के लिए माँ से अच्छा और क्या तोहफा हो सकता है समझ लो ये तुम्हारी माँ का पुनर्जन्म हुआ है अब तक आप मेरी माँ का पुनर्जन्म दो बार करा चुके हैं मेरा क्या दोष तुम्हारी माँ मर गई इसके बाद की दो न जाने किसके साथ भाग गई इसलिए चौथी शादी करनी पड़ी अगर ये भी किसी के साथ भाग गई तो पांचवी शादी कर लूंगा ये सब कहते आपको जरा भी संकोच नहीं होता संकोच किस बात का जब एक द्रोपदी पांच से शादी कर सकती है तो मैं पांच द्रोपदी से शादी क्यों नहीं कर सकता आप इतना भी नहीं सोचते कि जिससे आप शादी करते हैं वो आपकी बेटी की उम्र की है आखिर आप पैसे के बल पर कब तक दूसरों की जिंदगी से खेलते रहेंगे तो क्या करूँ इन लड़कियों की माताओं के साथ शादी कर लू अगर ये भी मर गई या किसी के साथ भाग गई तो मैं इससे भी ज्यादा जवान लड़की के साथ शादी करूंगा और तुम बीच में नहीं बोलोगी अगर तुमको भी किसी बूढ़े के साथ शादी करनी है तो कर सकती हो मैं भी बीच में नहीं बोलूंगा डालिंग आओ तुम्हें बेडरूम दिखाऊ 